Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. This week, I'm responding to an email from a mother who's trying to encourage her five-year-old to pursue some healthy, active activities, but she's getting a lot of pushback. Before I begin, I want to remind everybody that both of my books, No Bad Kids and Elevating Child Care, are available on audio at audible.com and in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Apple.com. Hi, Janet. I want to start by saying I absolutely love your podcast, social media pages, and all your parenting resources. I was wondering if you could give me a bit of advice. My soon-to-be five-year-old is the sweetest boy, but also incredibly passionate and strong-willed. He's very creative and has a vivid imagination, which I love. So we encourage his independent play. The problem we're having is that my husband and I are both very healthy, active people, and we want to encourage that for our children. Our son has been in swim for 2.5 years and is an excellent swimmer, but he argues with us weekly about going. We've given options of a different instructor or a different program, but he says no. We feel like swim lessons are non-negotiable because of the what if He recently started saying he wanted to take jujitsu, so of course we signed him up for a trial class, which it seemed like he thoroughly enjoyed. We were thrilled and thought, this is it. But when he was finished, he said he didn't want to go back because he didn't know any of the other kids, even though he's schoolmates with one of them. This was really hard for us. He also said all summer that he wanted a skateboard, so of course my husband went out and got him this awesome skateboard. He was able to pick the parts and build it himself. It wasn't cheap, but within a week, he was overriding it. Now it's a struggle to get him to ride it even once a week. He still rides his bike and scooter all the time, so it's not like he isn't outside, but his skateboard is definitely harder for him since he's still learning, and we're even willing to do skateboard lessons for him, but are hesitant to pay the money thinking he will put up a fight and not do them, which would mean we are out hundreds of dollars again. I guess my question is, at what point do we say, fine, you don't have to do something? Is it too soon to encourage physical activity, maybe even give an allowance for it? Thank you for your time. Okay, so I want to preface this by saying that my opinion um, it is based on my training with Magda Gerber, the families I've worked with, which are mostly under three years old, and also my own experiences as a mother of three children who are now 24 today. (laughs) Happy birthday. 24, 19, and 15. I feel strongly that the best motivator we could ever give to our children is trust. When we say to a child through our actions, When we give that message that you know yourself better than I know you, you have instincts about what you want to be working on, what you need to do and for how long with your mind and your body. And we as parents 100% trust you. We want you to tell us because we can't know and we don't want to steer you away from something that would be more uh, meaningful for you. And we don't want to steer you into what our interests might be for you, which are going to be different than what yours are. 
So giving children that message through everything we do is, to me, the ultimate encourager. In a practical sense, it saves us lots of frustration, you know, trying to get children to do things, whether it's the infant that we're trying to, I'm not saying you're doing anything like this, but we're trying to show a flashcard, or we're trying to even just show them this toy that we think is really cool, this new toy that we got them. And then we notice, okay, they looked at that for a couple seconds while we showed them how it worked. And then they went over, they were much more interested in the the wrapping and the box that it came in. And oh my gosh, I stopped steering my child to looking at the toy. And she spent 20 minutes enjoying that box. And what was she learning from that? So that's where it begins, this trust in our children and really wanting to know what they want to do, having that openness in ourselves, because this is where the joy of parenting is, I think. It's in discovering our child and being surprised. You know, I can tell you with my three children, there's been so many surprises with things they were drawn to, things that they weren't drawn to, and how unique each of them are. This is the fascinating part. This is the fun part learning everything you can about this person. And that has to begin with trust that our child's interests are enough, our child knows themselves, and all we need to do is support that and be open to it. And it will save us money, time, and frustration. I mean, and this is the wonderful freedom that Magda Gerber's approach gave me that I loved. It took all of this job description that I thought I had off of my plate. I didn't have to worry that, shoot, now I need to be teaching my child this, and what if they're not doing that? I didn't need to doubt and feel like I needed to figure it out, how to get my child into activities, how to motivate them, and wow, it's such a relief. And that is really the core of Magda Gerber's approach. That's Magda's first principle basic trust in the child to be an initiator, an explorer, and a self-learner. They've got this. And the more we can show children that we believe that, the more confidently they will go into, and enthusiastically, they will explore the world and explore themselves. And what it seems is going on with these parents is They've taken on this uh, responsibility to keep their child engaged and try to find some activities for him and make that happen. So what I would say is back off and trust. Stop worrying about this. For example, this mother says that the son is an excellent swimmer, but he argues weekly about going to uh, practice. And she feels like the swim lessons are non-negotiable because of the what if but wait, he's an excellent swimmer, so I don't really understand. Is she afraid that something's going to happen to him in the water if he's already an excellent swimmer? I would totally trust him on this, that he's kind of done with that. I realize it's a different thing, but my son is a soccer player. He plays club soccer, and it seemed like he only wanted to stand up as an infant to learn to stand up on his own so he could kick a ball. So he's been into this for a very long time, but he has to go to lots of practice. It's a huge commitment. And when the time comes, if it ever comes, that he says, 
And my husband and I have agreed on this for years, you know, actually always since day one. And this is true with our other children about things as well, that if he says, I don't want to go to practice, if he loses his enthusiasm for it, that's it. You know, we're going to trust him on that. He's done. We don't want to be in the position of trying to coax or force our child to, to do something because we don't believe that we know better about him. We believe that he knows better about him. It's a different way, I think, of looking at parenting. You know, instead of molding, we are facilitating development. And, you know, that can mean things like if you can't make it work, if you didn't want to buy him the skateboard or you, you know, didn't have the money to do something and you just, you know, couldn't make it work, you can say things like, you know, we can't do this right now and let's go watch a few times. And then if his interest continues and continues, maybe you'll find a way. So not just always going on his first, I want to do this, but really checking it out so that you're not investing in something that, you know, may just be a whim. At the same time, I wouldn't say, oh, come on, maybe you don't really want to do that. I would trust like, oh, you're saying you want to do that. Let's see how you feel in a few weeks. And, and then we'll, we'll talk about moving forward with that. So as children get older, I would definitely give it time to make sure that this is something that, especially if there's any kind of commitment involved, whether it's financial or their time, then I would definitely wait to make sure. And I wouldn't start any lessons with children actually until they really want them. You know, you might offer something. I understand that swimming feels very different to people. So I, I would offer that to a child. That's probably like the only one that I would, would offer if you live, you know, where people have pools and there's water nearby and that's important. But I, I still wouldn't force because I, I just don't think it works. And it creates a dynamic in our relationship with our kids that it's a kind of uh, boundary that we don't really need to set with them. And, you know, I'm all about boundaries. If you listen to my podcasts, if you uh, read my books, I'm all about boundaries, but uh, not around play. And I, I see this as part of play where children need to have the power. Children need to make the choices. And we follow along as well as we can within reason. So then this mother says about the jujitsu, they signed him up for a trial class. Great. If you can do that, wonderful. He enjoyed it. And then you were thrilled. I think also what can get in the way, even with children liking something, is if we're too thrilled. <laughs> if we have too much of an agenda about it, if it's too much about us, children pick that up. And it's, you know, it's a turnoff because it feels like pressure. It feels like, yikes, I really got to do this. This is really important to them. And actually, it's going to create less motivation. Yeah, so he, he definitely senses that. But I, I also believe that he maybe just didn't feel comfortable in that group for some reason. There weren't enough kids that he felt comfortable with. And, you know, I think we've got to trust that too, completely. Because who knows what that's about? You know, I, I think that that means that he's not ready for that yet. If he really, really wanted to do it, he wouldn't care about the other kids. So he obviously doesn't really want to do it. So if these parents, you know, insisted, then it would become like the swimming where they're having to nag him all the time and try to get him to go. And I just, I mean, call it laziness or whatever, but I don't think that's a, a positive thing to do. And I also don't want to do that as a parent. I don't want to be in that position of having to nag and force and cajole. And it's, it's just such an uncomfortable place for me to go. So I don't see any positives in that at all. 
And then she says, this was really hard for us. Yes, because you're investing. You are taking this on as your job, which is putting pressure on you. And then everything that happens is like, okay, is this going to work? Is that going to work? You're investing instead of really staying two steps behind him in this process and trusting he is going to find things he loves. And, you know, he whatever he's gotten from swimming, he's gotten it. It's not going to go away because he stops doing it. Whatever he got from that taste of jujitsu that he got, that is still meaningful learning. So again, I would just trust. And then in regard to the skateboard, he got to build a skateboard himself. Maybe that wasn't worth the money to you, and I certainly understand that. But that's some wonderful learning right there that he got out of that. And that skateboard, you know, he might go back to that. And he's out and he's active with his, with his scooter and his bike. So I, I feel like this parent is going to be so much happier when she lets go of this and stops worrying. And it's going to free her son to actually be able to be himself and proceed with confidence. And all these other things that he has, his imagination and his creativity... The more time that he has with that, with the independent play that these parents have nourished, which is wonderful, the more time he has with that, the more he's going to develop that. So maybe to him, it's like even with the jujitsu, it's like, you know, let me think about that versus me not doing that and getting to be with myself more and work on the little projects or things I want to do at home. That's going to take time away from that for me. And this is more important to me. So children really are able to balance themselves. They are able to know. I've had some of my children have sometimes taken one of my children in particular, I'm thinking about, she took so many different instruments, you wouldn't believe it, for a very short time. And we let her, we didn't make her stay with anything and of those things. And you know what? She got something out of all of that, I believe. It enriched her and it led her to doing what she's doing now, which she's a a computer science major in college, and she's really talented, and she's doing very well. And, you know, we can't decide these things. It gets in the way. So what this parent was saying about it's a struggle to get him to write it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't get him to do anything. I wouldn't, you know, you've got to get him to do things like go to bed and maybe help pick up his toys and brush his teeth and those kinds of things. That is all I would get him to do. I wouldn't get him to do anything else. And even in those areas, I would I would help him do it rather than trying to get, I mean, just even trying to get somebody to do something, it doesn't work. Again, you know, the fact that he he was over it within a week, I mean, there may be this element of him picking up the pressure coming from his parents. We really want you to do this. Okay, now we've invested this money. And I, I really think that whatever we give children, whether it's a lesson or a skateboard, there has to be no string attached, because that's what giving is. If there are strings attached, I don't think the child feels trusted. And it just doesn't have the same generous spirit that, you know, we definitely want to model, I think. I'm not at all judging this parent for doing really normal things. They're coming from a place of passion for their son. It's clear, it's obvious, it's, it's a wonderful feeling to have. I would just say that the way that they're going at it is not creating what I believe they want. So yeah, I would trust him on he doesn't want to do the skateboard lessons. And, you know, yeah, if, if there is a lesson that he says he wants, I would progress very slowly with it and 
stay two steps behind him with no expectations or agenda at all. Just openness. Hmm, that's interesting. You want to do that. Okay, we'll check it out. I think you'll find that you enjoy this whole experience a lot more and you'll be more successful at it because he will show you what he needs and what his passions are and you'll, you know, you'll get to enjoy this ride with him rather than trying to steer it. So I hope that helps and thanks so much for reaching out to me. Thanks everybody for listening. Please check out some of my other podcasts. They're on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And again, both of my books available on audio at audible.com, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and Elevating Childcare, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. They're also in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. We can do this. 